This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Well, praise God. That was a great time of worship there. That got me going, man. That that woke me up. So I'm telling you, today God has some things to say to you, and uh, and I'm just excited about this word from the Lord. As we get into the message today, I wanted to show you a couple things from the bookstore back there, and I've, I've showed this a lot of times, but really, man, this faith-to-faith daily devotion from Kenneth Copeland Ministries is spot on. I read this every day, and uh, and we, we got some of these uh, back there just recently, and I'm just encouraging you with those that if you need a jump start to your day, man, the faith-to-faith devotion, get this, get you a cup of coffee, you, coffee, Jesus, and this, you're good to go, man. Nothing's going to hold you back that day. And also, a lot of people, uh, man, we, we've got a good selection of Bibles back there, and they're getting some more in, so I I want to encourage you that that's the answer to it all right there is to get a copy of God's word in your hands, because you need to realize how fortunate you are that you have access to the Bible in your language. There's a lot of people that don't even have that. And we are blessed to that. So, amen. Well, as we get into it today, uh, the title of the message is this perfect peace, perfect peace. I didn't say peace. I didn't say peace. I said perfect peace peace. And there's some things the Lord laid on my heart to share with you today. If you need an outline for the message, raise your hand and the ushers will give you one. But I want to open up to a verse uh, this morning, and it's in Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26, because I, I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that I value in this life, I like to have peace. Am I the only one? I mean, there's a lot of things I like to have, uh, plenty of things that are good in my life, but there's not there's not anything that I would sacrifice peace for. And the sad thing is, is there's a lot of Christians that, that, if they were just to be honest, they don't have peace in their life. Now, we know that the world, the people in the world, uh, they don't even know what peace is, and I'm going to explain that. They, they have some misconstrued, uh, jacked up idea of what peace actually is, but Jesus tells us what peace truly is, and and he shows us how to get that. And so I'm asking you today, if I could take a few minutes and tell you how you could have not only peace, but you could have perfect peace. Is anybody in here interested in having perfect peace in your life? Man, I want that perfect peace, and I have found out how to get it. I'm not here, you know, giving a sales pitch, but I'm telling you, I have discovered how to get perfect peace in our lives. And so the opening verse this morning, what this is all based off of and is out of Isaiah chapter 26. And I really like the book of Isaiah. Two summers ago, I took a whole summer and, and studied Isaiah, read it through a couple of times. And there is so much gold inside the book of Isaiah that it, it just shocked me. But Isaiah 26 and verse three, it says, you will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I'm going to read that again because some of you didn't get it. You just sat there staring. I'm going to tell you one more time because when you get this, it does something to you. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I read that verse and I'm saying, give me some of that. I want perfect peace. And he gives us the answers on how to get that. Now, again, I point out that it didn't just say, 
you could have peace if you do this. He says, he will keep in perfect peace. And how many know that when God keeps something, God knows how to keep something. When God protects something, God knows how to protect something. God knows what he's talking about. And so he promised that he would keep us in perfect in perfect peace. And so what this kind of points out to me, though, is this, and this is on your outline. If the Bible tells me there's something called perfect peace, that there must be some sort of inferior or counterfeit peace. If there's a perfect peace, then there's some sort of imperfect peace. There's some sort of inferior peace that people seek after. Because I know a lot of people that they think that they have peace because they have money. That That is a false sense of security. They think they've got peace because they landed the girl that they wanted. They got the guy that they wanted is now talking to them and like, oh man, this is it. I, I finally have peace and completion in my life. I feel complete. And then they find out that using another human being as your source of peace is a really lousy source of peace, no matter how great that person is, because even the best people in the world are imperfect, right? Even even the even the greatest, there's only been one perfect person. And so if you're relying uh, on your husband or your wife to complete you and to be your source of peace, I'm sorry to tell you that's not good enough. And and they uh, they can't complete you. That's just the truth. That's just the fact of the matter. And so it tells us here he'll keep us in perfect peace. So there must be some people that have an inferior or some sort of counterfeit sense of peace in their life. And that's a dangerous place to be in. And I want you to look at John chapter 14 today. John chapter 14. We're going to look at a. This is just kind of an intro. And then I'm going to dig in and tell you exactly how you can have perfect peace. Really? You're going to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to tell you 100 percent how you can guaranteed have perfect peace in your life and that's not some big grand empty promise according to scripture we know exactly how to do this and so we're gonna look at john chapter 14 but i I, i'm telling you right now that there's so many people in this world you may look at at famous people and and rich people and and all these like man they have got it together and there's a lot of people even people i know right here in barstow that they think oh you know what everything's good uh, and, and you know what? I took a step out of church. I took, I started taking a step away from, and, and nothing happened. Like, in fact, I feel, I feel better. You know why you feel better? Let me tell you why. Because Satan is an absolute master at giving you a false sense of security. He doesn't mind letting you, he doesn't mind backing off of you for a little bit so you can step out of the family of God, so you can step out of the shadow of the Almighty. Of course he's gonna give you a little time because the further and further you step away, nothing happened. Okay, what if I do this? Uh, I mean, I was always told this is wrong, but, but let's just go ahead and do that. And nothing happened. Listen, the devil is a master, man. This is one of his oldest things is to give you a false sense of security. But then when he gets you far enough away from the Lord, far enough away from the ark, then the flood comes. People laughed at Noah for years, and then it started raining. It wasn't funny anymore at that point, but then there was eventually a point in time where it was too late, and the door shut, and it was over. Nobody else got on that boat. 
And I don't care to wander off so far away that the door closes and I'm out there in the backyard. I'm, I'm out there a mile. I'm a block down the street and I'm down there. The rain, the flood finally comes that we've been talking about. The door shuts and I'm too far away to get back in. I don't want to take that chance. And the devil is a master at giving you a false sense of peace and a false sense of security. John 14, 27, Jesus himself said, I am leaving you with a gift. Well, what is it? A whole bunch of money, Jesus? No, he didn't say that. I'm leaving you with a gift. The newest iPhone, the new. No, he didn't say none of that. He said, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, I like what Jesus did here. He he explains what perfect peace is a little more in depth than what Isaiah did. And he tells us that this peace that he offers is, is not a peace for your body, although that's nice. The Lord will protect you and bring you peace that way. But Jesus said, I'm leaving you with peace for your mind and for your heart. Now, some of you that that may not click, but but what I'm trying to tell you right now is this, is that you as a human being are a three-part being, just like God, the the Holy Trinity is three-part. Well, according to Genesis 126, you were made in the image of God, so naturally you're going to be a three-part being also. The Lord is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you are spirit, soul, and body, all right? And so Jesus said, I am leaving you with peace for your heart which according to scripture is your spirit and for your mind, which according to scripture is your soul. Do you get that? The the world, there's not a person, there is not a nation, there is not anything in this world that can offer you peace for your spirit and for your soul. You may be able to hire bodyguards. You may be able to rely on the greatest military in the world, thank God, the USA, to protect your body And bring peace to your physical, but only Jesus can give you peace for the heart, for your spirit, and for your soul, for your mind. And what I found out is that there's a whole lot of Christians, and I hate to say it, and I hate to see it, but there's a whole lot of Christians, they may have physical peace, and we know that Jesus brings peace to their spirit, but their soul, they don't have peace of mind. They don't have peace for their soul just yet. And why is that? Well, we're going to explain today how you could have some peace of mind, how you could have some peace for your soul. But Jesus said right here that he's leaving us with this gift that 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 protects the spirit and protects the soul. So perfect peace is on a whole deeper level. The world thinks that peace means, hey, everything looks okay. It looks like I've got money in the bank. It looks like nobody's out to get me. It looks like, you know, my spouse is happy with me. It looks like this. But what I found out in my life is that looks can be deceiving. The world's definition of peace is only surface level. God's definition goes beneath the surface and heals the parts of you that nobody can actually see. God's peace will heal your mind and your emotions that have been messed up and tormented. That's the peace of God. God's peace can come in and heal your spirit. No 
person, no medicine, no nothing can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And he said, I'm leaving you with this gift, this perfect peace. And so it goes beneath the surface because the surface level can be very, very deceiving. The surface of, of I, I think about it this way. You know, I, I've been watching these alligator shows lately because my youngest son's convinced there's an alligator back behind that wall in the, in the baptism tank. I've been dealing with this for a month now. Whoever it was that told him there's an alligator in there needs to fess up because I haven't found out who it is yet. But he swears. And so anyway, we're going through this. We're working this out. He's three years old and he's convinced that there's an alligator that lives back there in the back of the church here. And so anyway, uh, so we've been we've been doing alligator stuff and reading about this. But, you know, and watching these alligator shows and which I wouldn't watch this with him. But but, you know, a lot of times alligators are hanging out in this murky, muddy, nasty swamp water down there in Florida or wherever. And someone may just want to jump right in there and look, see, I don't see nothing. Everything looks fine on the surface. It appears peaceful but they don't know that underneath the surface of that muddy water that they have surrounded themselves in is a gator and he's ready to he'll just come up at any moment and chomp and take care of business but they didn't see it coming because they surrounded themselves they made a they were in a muddy mess of life a muddy water of life and they could only see the surface the world's definition of peace stinks it's no good they think if it looks okay then i'm okay but only jesus can give you a peace that can get beneath the surface and take care of your heart and your mind and protect you from all the junk that this world is trying to do to you and he can bring healing to parts of you that you never even knew about and so notice also that jesus said The gift I give is a gift the world cannot give. There's a lot of people looking to this world for something that the world doesn't even have to give them. I think of it this way. There's there's people trying to order steak and lobster at the Burger King drive-thru and they don't even have it there. You're trying to order something from somebody that doesn't even have it. They got, they've got cheap imitations. They've got, they've got a lesser level of stuff, but you're trying to find perfect peace from a group of people from a world that they don't even have to give it to you, but you're still trying to order it from them and you're sitting there spinning your wheels, not getting anywhere in life, still not right, still not having peace on the inside and you don't know why. They can't, they, they can't give it to you. They don't have it. And even if they did have it, they probably wouldn't give it to you. They'd sell it to you. And Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. You don't have to buy this from Jesus. It's a gift. He said, I'll straight up give this to you. The world will try to sell you stuff. Jesus will give you stuff where you don't, you don't, you don't owe him anything. He just give it to you. That's the grace of God. Amen. Who's glad for the grace of God? Because I get stuff every day that I don't deserve. And surely things that I couldn't buy, surely things that I couldn't afford on my own. That's the grace of God. John 16, verse 33. Man, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's surrounded by God's people, reading God's word. Amen. Oh, I love it, man. 
I love it. John 16 and verse 33, because Jesus, one of the names that he is called, remember in Isaiah chapter 9, we read this at Christmas time every year. It gives this prophetic announcement of who Jesus will be when he comes. And one of the names of Jesus is the Prince of Peace. If you don't have peace, you haven't been around Jesus enough. He's, the, he's literally the prince of peace. It's what he does. Jesus brings peace to people's lives that surrender them to him. If you don't have peace, it's not because Jesus doesn't want you to have peace. It's not because he's not able to give you peace. You need to get to know the prince of peace. And so John 16 and verse 33, Jesus yet again says, I have told you all this. So that you may have peace in who? In me. He said, you're going to, I've told you this, so you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. Oh, man. What if the, what if the verse just ended right there? That would really stink, wouldn't it? He, uh, you can have peace in me. Now, here on earth, it's going to rot. It's going to stink, man. It's going to be bad. You're going to have many trials and sorrows, period. But it didn't end there. He said, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. That's good news right there. What if Jesus had not overcome the world? What if Jesus hadn't been the champion that he is? What if Jesus had to just leave it right there? I'm sorry, guys. It's bad times everywhere, man. It's just it's bad. You think this is bad. Wait 10 years from now. It's going to be worse. He didn't say that. He's like, I'll admit, hey, there's going to be trials and sorrows in this world, but don't worry about that because I have overcome the world. If you have any trouble that's in this world, good news. Jesus overcame this world. Jesus is that answer. And so he told us in him we would have perfect peace. I like this in the Message Bible. It points out something here that I want you to see. John 16, 33 in the Message Bible, it says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace. Isn't that beautiful? Who, who would like to be unshakable and assured and have deep peace? Anybody? I want to be unshakable and assured, having deep peace. In this godless world, you'll continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. In this godless world, yeah, listen, some things happen in this world, because I don't know if you've seen this, there's a lot of godless people on planet earth right now. Well, why did all this happen? Well, some nut did it, man. He's godless. He's going to do godless bad things. But Jesus said, you don't have to worry about that because I have already overcome the world. And so what is it we're talking about today? We're talking about how you can have perfect peace. And so here's what I want to get to right now. How do I have perfect peace? Number one, this is so this is deep. All right. So prepare yourselves. Trust in him. That's not deep at all. That's extremely elementary. But the truth of the matter is this. If you could be honest with yourself, you judge you, I'll judge me. If you could really be honest and evaluate your life right now, any areas that you're stressed out about, any areas that you're freaking out about, any areas that you don't have peace in, can you honestly, in a sincere heart, say, I'm fully trusting God in that area? 
I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll just be, if, if you want to lie in church, go ahead. I'm not going to lie in church. Uh, any area that I don't have peace in, I'll be straight up and say, I'm not fully trusting God in that area. If there's an area of my life that I don't have peace in, every time in my life, I wasn't fully trusting God in that area yet. And it says, he will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him. That's not a lie. He'll keep in perfect peace all who trust in him. And that sounds, you know, it sounds so easy. It sounds so generic, so cliche, like any preacher in the world is going to say that. That's not that deep. Tell us something we don't know. Well, a lot of people are overcomplicating the Christian lifestyle. You make it way too, you're reading 52 steps to freedom, and Jesus is saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Come to me, man. I'll take care of your freedom right here. And so it's not that complicated, but the truth of the matter is this. It says, all who trust in him, there's a lot of people that, if they were just to get real about it, aren't really trusting God in that area. They, they maybe have started out trusting, and then they've started to let some fear some old memories of the past, some, some, some former things start to creep in and start to mess with their trust in God in that area, and they start to slowly but surely lose the peace of God. But he says right here, you'll keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. I want to look at Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3. And the reason that, that I, man, I'm talking about this is my biggest desire and goal in life is to see a church full of people, to see a body of Christ full of people that have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in their life. You know, it doesn't do a lot of good if we got a, you know, a church full of or a, a body of Christ full of depressed Christians that they don't even want to get out of bed that day. They, they, they're so tormented. They've got so much anxiety and, and stress and disaster going on all the time. They, they can't go out and pray for somebody. They always need somebody to come pray for them. That's not the will of God for our lives. God's will is for us to have so much peace within us that we're out preaching the gospel to every creature. We're out making disciples of all nations. We're out laying hands on the sick and they're recovering. We're out casting out devils. We're doing what Jesus told us to do. But if we don't have any peace in our own life, we're not going to do any of those things. And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is a very well-known portion of Scripture. If you've been reading the Bible very long, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, a lot of Christians know this. And it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And so I want to go back to verse 5 there. It says, trust in the Lord. And a lot of people are like, okay, trust in the Lord, period. It didn't say period. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, there's a lot of us that are 50 percenters, 25 percenters. We're 10 percent in the trust in the Lord deal. And, I, you know, I'm not making light of where we're at. But seriously, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's, here's what I need you to see right here. Do not depend on your own understanding. That's difficult if you're a human being. Because we really like to understand things. We really like to, if we can understand how something works, if we can understand the, the, the why, 
behind it, then we'll know. And sometimes as a Christian, we don't always know why he says to do the things that he says to do. We don't always get the why, but I know this much. If I trust in the Lord with all my heart and don't depend on my understanding, he directs my paths. He shows me which path to take. He gives me perfect peace. Now, Christianity, for some people, it, it, can be, it can be hard because if you're a control freak, any control freaks in the house? Come on, where are you at? We know you're here. All right, come on. Yeah. I'm seeing more lady hands raised than men hands. But anyway, I, I'm just saying observation. That was an observation. And so a lot of these ladies raised their hands here. And I'm telling you that, listen, if you are somebody that likes to have control, this can be a little bit harder for you because he straight up tells you as a Christian, quit depending on your own understanding. You are not going to understand everything that God tells you to do. You are not going to understand everything in the Bible. I mean, seriously, I, I'm being real right now. There's something I don't understand that, but I know if I'll obey it, then I'm going to reap the blessing in it. I'm going to. God's going to direct my paths. I'm going to have perfect peace. And he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Quit depending on your own understanding. The essence of Christianity is relinquishing control of your life and handing it over to somebody that you can't even see. That takes faith. That takes faith. And that's what it's all about right there is faith. Because Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to even please God. It takes faith. And if you're going to have this perfect peace, you're going to have to come to a place where you say, you know what? I'm just letting go and letting God. God, you can take over from here. Jesus, take the wheel and do something with this life. Come on, because I can't do it anymore. You're going to have to let go of some things and trust that God knows what he's talking about. And I can tell you this much in my life. Any time that I've let go of something and let God have it, when I quit depending on my own understanding, God's way has 100% of the time been better. Every time. There's not a single promise in the Bible that God has given to me that's to hurt me or to make my life worse. Everything that he tells me to do is for my benefit. It's always so I can have a better life. It's always so I can have peace. It's always so I can have joy. And some people think, man, God and the Bible tell me to do this stuff, trying to kill my joy, man, trying to steal. No, it's not. It's trying to offer you perfect peace so you can throw away that junk that you've called peace, that mess, that swamp that you've been living in that you think is peace. He's trying to get rid of that so you can really, truly have perfect peace and true joy. He's trying to make our lives better. He's not trying to set us back. He's trying to set us up for peace, trying to set us up for to have real joy. And so, yeah, there's some things that I don't fully get. But if you're going to grow in the Lord, one of the simplest things, yet hardest things to do is quit depending on your own understanding and i say this much i am super glad that god is not limited to my own understanding of him anybody are you glad that god is not limited and god it can't just well i only understand this about god so that's all i'm gonna no your understanding doesn't limit god 
He's not limited to your understanding of him. And, you know, it, it, even if I was super genius, I, I, which I'm close. A lot of you know that. I'm very close. I'm knocking on the door of genius. Yes. That was, you're all laughing at that part. That wasn't even the funny part of this sermon. But anyway, uh, so even if I was officially a genius, uh, my under, that my comprehension of who God is could only scratch the surface of who he is. Do you realize that, that once again in the book of Isaiah, it tells us that he can hold all the waters of the earth in the palm of his hand? I don't get that. What? That's a big hand. That's a giant hand right there that could hold all the waters of the earth in the palm of his hand. The deepest part of the, of the ocean in the world is 36,200 feet deep, the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean. 36,000 feet deep. It sits in the palm of his hand. My Lord, how could I begin with my mind to understand how incredible God is? It tells us that he uses the mountains of this earth just as, just as stepping stones. Mount Everest is 29,029 feet high. And here he is. That he just, that's just a pebble to him. That's nothing. And here we are thinking that, well, I mean, as far as I understand, God can do this, but not... What does your your understanding is nothing. You need to quit leaning on your own understanding because your understanding, your 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 death grip on your life, your control freak tendencies are really limiting and really holding you back in life from having perfect peace. Now, I'm one of those guys that I don't have to know how the airplane works. I'm just going to get on it and go. I don't care to know. I don't care to know how my car works that much. I, I just trust that I've got great friends and people and, and that will help me out when I screw something up. But listen, I don't care to know. I don't have to know how it's made before I'm going to eat it. I, I'm, I'm just I'm good, man. I don't have to understand it all. But listen to me. When it comes to the things of God, I, the word of God says it. I'm going to believe it, and that's just going to settle it right there. I'm going to do it his way, even if I don't understand it. Why? And when you cross the barrier, when you cross that threshold into trusting the Lord with all your heart and not depending on your own understanding, I'm telling you right now, the peace that that will bring into your life is out of this world. It's out of this world. It's not something this world can give you when you can get over your own understanding and trust in the Lord. The peace and the freedom and the burden that it takes off of your shoulders, the weight that you've been carrying, man, there's nothing in this world like it. You're starting to step into that realm of perfect peace when you can get over the fact that you don't understand anything, when you can just let go and jump into the arms of God and let him take over your life. He does a lot better job than you do. Let's just face it. You're cool. You're smart. You're awesome. But you're not that cool, smart, and awesome. God's a whole lot better. You know, I was reading this story about this guy that he, this wasn't, this wasn't me, so I'll just level that out right up front. But this guy was taking a walk in the woods with his son. And and after a while, he's like, hey, where'd he go? All of a sudden, he hears, hey, dad, catch me. He turns around, and his son had climbed a tree, and he is mid-flight on his way down to his dad. Yeah! And his dad catches him and falls to the ground like, oh, my gosh. And he, it took him a minute to catch his breath and, and to gather his senses together. And he's like, 
What in the world made you do that? Why would you do something like that? What makes you think that that was going to turn out good? And his son, little kid said, because you're my daddy. I know you'll always catch me. I can trust you. And so this kid knew that, man, I can live life to the hilt. I can love life. I can have fun. Life can be an adventure. Life can be awesome because my dad's going to catch me, man. I'm not talking about reckless, godless living, but I'm talking about I don't have to stay awake at night anymore worrying, wondering about how I'm going to feed the kids, how I'm going to pay the bills, how I'm going to handle this situation. I'm just jumping into the arms of God, and he's going to catch me every single time, and I'm going to let him take over, and I'm going to get that burden of being my own God off of my shoulders. I don't have to be my Lord anymore. Jesus can be my Lord. I'm going to let him carry that, and he's going to do a whole lot better job than what I'm ever going to do. Can I, let's give the Lord some praise today, man. Come on. Seriously. You, you make a really lousy Lord. You're, I'm serious. You're, you don't do a good job of being Lord at all. Jesus needs to be our Lord. And so I'm telling you, as harsh as it sounds, if you don't have perfect peace right now, one reason is because we're not honestly, truly, if we were to get real, trusting the Lord. Well, that sounds mean. That's not mean. How's that mean? That's what the Bible said right there. If we don't, if, if I don't have perfect peace somewhere along the way, I'm not actually trusting the Lord. Let's just get real about it. That's what the scripture says. And so let's look at the second part of this verse now, Isaiah 26, 3. How do I have perfect peace? Well, the first thing is I've got to trust in him. And this is so simple. The second thing is to keep my thoughts fixed on God. Keep, keep your thoughts fixed on God. Because it says you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Not rocket science, but man, does this stuff work. And so I'm going to tell you this right now. The thought realm and the mind is the main battlefield that you will fight in this life. You may not believe me. You may think that, you know, some knucklehead that thinks, no, my battles are on the streets. All right, tough guy. My battles are blah, blah, blah. Well, let me, let me tell you right now. The main battlefield that you will fight in this life is going to be your thought and your minds. Because I can go home and lock myself up and, and people can't get to me or whatever. I, uh, I can protect my body pretty easily. But listen, if you don't watch it, a lot of you are giving the devil 24-7, around the clock, seven days a week access to your thoughts and to your mind and he isn't taking a break is he he's he'll he'll follow you into sleep he'll mess with your dreams he'll be there when you wake up if you let him and it's a battlefield that a lot of people they just they don't know how to fight it and they just they 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 may get a little little bit for a little while they may get a little peace but if they don't know how to fight the battlefield of the mind the devil has 24 7 access Firing, the book of Ephesians calls it the fiery darts of the wicked one. He's just firing arrows all day long, and they're landing right on your mind. They, he's, not, he's not shooting your body. He can't get to your spirit unless you grant him access, because Jesus took care of your spirit. You're born again there. You're good to go there. And let's explain this, that you're being a three-part being. Jesus came 
And when he died on the cross and rose again, and you accepted him as your Savior, Jesus took care of your spirit. It says he washed you white as snow. He cleansed all your sins away. Your spirit is clean. But then you've got the responsibility for your body. You have to shower every day, right? Does Jesus come down and give you a shower and scrubby-dubby and get you all? No, that'd be, that'd be neat, but he doesn't. Jesus isn't gonna, he's not cleaning your body up. You're responsible for that part. And you also have got to take control of your thoughts and your mind. That's the soul. Spirit, soul, body. And your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. You've got to do something about that with the help of Jesus, right? And so Jesus took care of the spirit. You've got to take care of your body. He's not going to make you eat right. You're going to have to choose that. He's not going to make you, you know, take your vitamins. You've got to do that. And you also have got to learn how to take control of your thoughts. Because I'm trying to tell you how to have perfect peace. And he said, all whose thoughts are fixed on him. Does Jesus fix your thoughts on him? No, you're going to have to fix your thoughts on Jesus. And when we do, we start to have perfect peace. Romans 12.2, let's look at this. Romans 12.2. Who would like to win the battlefield of the mind? Who would like to get control of your thoughts, whether it be perverted thoughts, whether it be uh, anger thoughts, whether it be thoughts of fear, whether it be thoughts of revenge, whatever the thoughts may be that are trying to get a hold of us, it is possible to conquer this and really move on in life. And so Romans 12, verse 2 in the New King James, and it, it tells us this, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform, man, that's a big word. That's a powerful word right there. When we begin to renew our mind, you are transformed. You are in a transformation process of becoming a powerhouse of peace. A powerhouse of joy. You're a threat to the devil. And so it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, and here's this word again, perfect will of God. You've got to renew your mind. How do I renew my mind? How do I scrub my mind from the filth that comes out of it every day through the word of God? Ephesians tells us that we, we, we're washed by the water of the word. Washed by the water of the word. The only way that we're going to renew our mind, the only way to clean up your nasty thoughts, your mean thoughts, your greed thoughts, your revenge thoughts, your bad thoughts is through the word of God. And so let's just present this for consideration, okay? I, I didn't bring the stats with me. I should have. But let's, I, the average person in America now spends something like five or six hours a day on their phone. That's hard to believe, but it's, that's fact. That, and so what, think, think out of five or six hours of you scrolling the news and looking at your friends take pictures of their food and, and all this stuff. That's, that's the best. But anyway, all this, out of all those hours of that, what if you even spent 50% of that phone time with a Bible? 
powerhouse. Kim's got it right. Listen to me. If you were to spend 50% of your, the, the, of your phone time with the Word of God, do you realize the peace that you would have if you, you would walk around nearly high in the clouds every single day. Nothing could pull you down. If, if I found a Christian that spent two, two and a half, three hours a day in the Word of God and not on their phone, the amount of peace that would radiate off of that person would nearly be blinding. Let's say they took it up from 50% of their phone time to 75, 90%, and you really only used your phone for, I'm not saying not phones are bad, I'm not, I'm not that old and mean, but I, what I am saying is this, is what if we shaved some of just that time off, man, I'd like to get in the Word of God, I don't have time, man, bro, I got kids, I got a job, I got this and that, then how in the world do you know the, the score to every NFL game last week? How on earth do you know what the bench players for that baseball team are averaging, but you can't memorize a scripture? Don't lie to me, brother. Don't lie to Jesus. Yes, you can. You can. You choose not to, and then you wonder why you don't have perfect peace. I, I, don't, I mean, I, I tried trusting in God, and I tried this, and I still don't have perfect peace. The flat-out answer is, no, you didn't do those things, or you would have perfect peace. The only way, then this sounds mean, the only way a Christian does not have perfect peace is if they're not trusting in him and if their thoughts are not fixed on him. It is impossible, and I mean, this sounds so harsh. I know how harsh this sounds, but it's a lie to say, I do both of those things and I still don't have perfect peace. Then no, you don't. And I'll be, and I, I'm not afraid to, to just, you know, be transparent. There's times that I haven't had perfect peace in life, and I'll be honest. During those periods, I was not trusting God, and my thoughts were not fixed on God. They were fixed on what people said about me. They were fixed on what so-and-so did. They were fixed, that's what I was thinking about. And yeah, I didn't have perfect peace. But the times that my thoughts and my attention is on God and on His Word, and on church and godly things, it doesn't matter what somebody says about me. I, I don't even care. They're like, so-and-so said you're ugly. Well, that, man, that's awesome because the Bible says that I've been created in the image of God himself. I'm beautiful, man. I look great. You know, so-and-so said you're an idiot. That's hilarious because the New Testament says that I've got the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God. God said I'm a genius because Jesus is a genius. I don't care that someone said I'm dumb. Do you see how having your thoughts fixed on God and on his word, it's impossible for somebody to steal your peace? They can call you names. They can threaten you. They can call you stupid, ugly, fat, poor, rich, whatever. They can call you anything, and it just rolls right off of your back because your mind is so caught up in, man, God said I'm awesome. God said I'm great. We were camping a few months ago in Sequoia, and I don't know why this tickled him so much, but I'm just sitting there in the tent reading my Bible, and Sam comes running in and jumps, and he's like, Dad, Dad, Mom said I'm fantastic. And I mean, he just kept going on. Mom said I'm fantastic. Oh, all day long, he'd be back there in the back seat smiling. I'm like, what, what are you so happy about? Mom said I'm fantastic, Dad. I don't know why, but that just really like did something for him. But I think that's what his thoughts were on all day long. What if your thoughts all day long were on what your dad said about you? 
What if all day long your thoughts were fixed on, oh my gosh, my dad said he loves me. My God, my father, the creator said that he made me in his own image, that I have his strength, that I can do anything through his power. Oh my gosh, I just can't quit thinking about this stuff. If that's on your mind, I promise you, no matter what anybody else does to you that day, it's going to flat out fall to the ground and roll off of your back. You will have perfect peace if your thoughts are fixed on him. I guarantee it that if your thoughts are fixed on him. So we're talking about renewing the mind. Some of you, you need to get your Bible out and you need to scrub a dub the brain. You need to start getting down on this thing. You need to take a word bath and scrub that nasty mind of yours. And you know what I mean? And we're not just talking about being perverse. We're talking about the fear and the doubt and the anger. You need, if you will start, you, you wash your body every day, but you wash your mind and your spirit once a week. You need a daily bath, man. You start to stink after a while. And then, you know, you have a bad attitude. You're nasty to people. Well, what's wrong with him? He hasn't taken a bath in a month. His brain, his brain. He, has, he hasn't washed his mind in a month. He's nasty. He stinks. He's being mean and rude and irritable. We can tell when you haven't taken your word bath. You, you, you reek. You, you, it smells. It starts to come off. And so I'm telling you right now, if you're going to feed your body every day, if you're going to bathe your body every day, at least have the courtesy for the rest of us to do it to your mind and to your soul every day. Clean that soul. Clean it up with the Bible every single day. And I'm telling you right now, this is how you start to win the battlefield. Well, what if you don't have time to read nonstop? I get that. You do need to read it every day. But, man, I don't know about you. A lot of you work at Fort Irwin. A lot of you work in Victorville and other places. I get to drive to Victorville and back every day. I don't spend that time staring at the beautiful sand. Okay? I spend that time. I've got, I've got preaching going on. I mean, hours a day and and it's not you know well you're a preacher boy you have to do that i do that because i'm a christian and i know how filthy i get just even being a part of planet earth man and so if i can't be reading it i've got it going in all day long i'm listening to preaching from from this church from from all sorts of places even you know we're also tech savvy get the free bible app man there's audio bible on there Listen to the word of God as much as you can. And I'm telling you, I, I dare you. I defy you to be depressed after doing that. I, I, I just don't see how you could not have perfect peace. It's impossible to not have perfect peace if we're trusted in him and if our thoughts are fixed on him. If our thoughts are in heaven, it doesn't matter what's going on here on earth. I'm going to have perfect peace. Every single time. And so I want to look at one last thing here. And that's going to be in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. The word of God is the only way to renew your mind. It's the only way. Some people try. Well, I, I tried doing this. And I tried listening to positive therapy. And I tried. You know, that's. Hey, man. you that's Okay. But that's not going to renew your mind. So Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 12 here. And so this verse points out something very specific that we need to see. Hebrews chapter 4, 
in verse 12. And, and what we're talking about today is how you can have perfect peace. Not just peace, not just a, a temporary break from the insanity. I'm talking about perfect peace in your life. Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God, word of God, the Bible, the word of God, not CNN, not Fox, not whoever you like, that's not going to renew your mind. That's going to poison and, and make you mad and angry and depressed. The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. Well, I thought the soul was your spirit. No, not according to the Bible, because the word of God will straight cut through the soul and the spirit between joint and marrow. That's your body. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God will expose your innermost thoughts and desires in a good way, not to get your, you know, your news broadcast, not to put you on blast. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the word of God will cut through. It will slice. It will dice those thoughts up that have been plaguing you and messing with your mind for so long. The word of God will cut right through that junk and it'll get to your spirit and you're going to have a renewed mind. And watch this. You're going to have perfect peace because your thoughts are fixed on him and i'm i'm just i i'm i'm done saying god's children daughters of the king sons of the king walking around not living in all that their dad their father provided for them and so what i'm kind of bringing it all down to today is this if you don't have perfect peace in your life this isn't a finger at you. This is a, man, I'm going to tell you why. It's because we haven't really honestly been fully trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and leaning not to our own understanding. And the second reason is our thoughts have not been fixed on him. Our thoughts have been fixed on the problems and on the dangers and on the what we don't have. If our thoughts are fixed on him and all that we have in him, you will have perfect peace. I 100% guarantee that. You will have perfect peace. And nothing that this world throws at you is going to bring you down. Keep your thoughts fixed on Him. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.